Vaporizing. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm here today, myself, Zane, with Justine, and um, just came out a couple days ago from a medicine journey with the root bark. Um, fairly light, but it's amazing how deep it can be. And um, wanted to share some downloads while they're still fresh, and hopefully they will help others to navigate this very interesting moment that we are in. Um, so the first experience, and this has kind of been a theme for me with this medicine, was to um, start to almost feel like I was being kind of lifted up and out of my body, rising up, and I could, I was still connected to my body, and then this feeling of kind of, I call it like the gyrotron of being sort of shaken, swung, so to speak, side to side, back and forth, front to back, um, up and down, all these different oscillations. And it's unclear to me whether that's part of uh, a recalibration of sort of the energy body as it relates to the physical body, or whether that could also be some component of the a stack of subtle bodies being elongated and the geometries being elongated in preparation for various forms of light surgery. But um, whatever it is, it can be very, very intense. And, and then I started to experience these massive recalibrations around scale. And so for me, it usually would happen in my upper Dantian, sort of in my head third eye area and suddenly feeling this massive expansion out into the depths of creation. Like my third eye, my upper Dantian is expanding to the size of the universe. And it's interesting because this is actually a, a practice that we perform in Qigong where we take our Dantians, we'll do it with our lower Dantian, kind of in our sacrum, our heart, and then in our third eye, and um, expand our energy body out to the edge of the universe and then contract it back. And that's essentially what happens here, only you are in it. Like, I, I, my entire being was there experiencing this expansion. Um, and then on the flip side, the contraction all the way back into this minute point of concentrated consciousness that is myself, my physical being here on earth, and then a layer above that, my multidimensional self as a node of the whole of creation. And so feeling connected back into that great sea of creation is a really incredible sensation, a little bit intense, um, but also a little bit amazing. <laughs> And uh, yeah, then, then it started to happen with going high and going low. And so first I started to rise up, 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 up. Almost if you like elongated the field of creation, it, it was, I was just climbing, 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 climbing. And 
hitting that sort of peak point that would almost be the origin point of consciousness or, or just outside that innermost core of organic creation and then dropping down, 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 deep, 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 deep. And what's interesting is dropping down really deep, we might initially kind of assume that that would be kind of going into like hell or something if we we have like this Judeo-Christian model of understanding things. But actually the reference point that I received in that moment was of going to the core of the earth. And it's a really beautiful place. And it's where the higher dimensional codes translate into physicality. And so to drop into that core is actually just like, it's the the mirror of creation. So from these very high, subtle, energetic planes into the materialization and the density on the other end of that scale. So, yeah, and, and I think maybe that segues, this actually came in a little later, but segues into this concept that the leaders of this time and especially of the era that is still coming in to focus here are going to be defined by their depths and what what I mean by that what the medicine was telling me by that is it's really our ability to go deep 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 within and to experience our shadow aspects and to work with the shadow realms and the fallen realms and to hold our neutrality and to be courageous and brave in facing those places and all of these concepts about ascending up and out into these lighter higher dimensions are a little bit nonsensical for what we're actually doing here. Yes, we're bringing information from those planes down, but that's where we all originated from. And so it really doesn't make sense to just come down to earth so that we can like ascend back into these like light higher frequencies and kind of escape. I think there's a lot of escapism in general and a lot of these new age narratives around ascension and sure it sounds like a lovely relief (laughs) in some ways from um what can be a very intense realm being here on earth but at the same time we chose to drop down from very high frequency beings into this density to do the work that we're doing here and the task before us now is to dive ever deeper and to bring those higher dimensional frequencies down into those depths so we can begin to transmute the fall and the inversion. Uh-huh. And yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I think that that's something we should start to recalibrate around when, when, we're, when we meet people and, we're, and we get this feeling of like, wow, that's an amazing being. Yes, it's in the light that they carry that being, but it's also in the depth of their beingness, in their ability. And we've been taught this firsthand by Rhoda and Selkia, that you can be in the field of someone who's in unconditional love and be blown away and and brought to tears 
sporadically because of what an amazing feeling that is. And then in the same moment, see that same being able to look directly at the depths to which creation has descended and not run away from that darkness, not not run away from um, how horrific aspects of this organic system have dipped to, dropped to, um, especially in the face of the inversion and AI and all of the wars and all of the control and disgraces of the organic system. And so to hold both of those states in balance in real time, um, I think will really be the the primary factor that sort of differentiates those who are truly here doing the work versus those who are maybe still stuck in some bit of an ego complex or, uh, you know, want to just be love and light without actually acknowledging the sort of gravity of the situation of what's happening on earth. And I think if you can't see that, you're not looking and, and there's a lack of genuine beingness, right? So, um, and, and then I started to see more things, of course, <laughs> related to AI and the inversion. And again, the inversion being um, organic creation as it was replicated by artificial intelligence and then flipped across an axis. So it's sort of organic creation upside down, backwards. And I was really seeing the amount of pollution that system has created. And it's a really overwhelming experience when you realize that the pollution that we experience on planet Earth is also holographically reflected at a galactic scale. And we here on this planet are in the midst of a microcosm, micro macro, whatever part of scale it takes format. I think that scale recalibration is a really helpful starting point so that you can understand that a lot of these concepts, you know, while we talk about a galactic level as being really big or a personal level as being really small, they're actually all one and the same at, at some level, at some vantage point. And so, Anyway, just realizing that the pollution on Earth and the destruction of ecosystems and all of those things is mirrored in the galaxy and there's so much energetic debris from um, the AI inversion system grabbing hold and it does not honor the natural flows and the natural creation process and so as a result it sort of chews things up and spits them out and that creates a ton of waste essentially it's like unprocessed energy that would never have been 
allowed. I mean, I guess it's been allowed. It, it never would have been part of the design of an organic system because the organic systems are self-balancing. And every piece of waste is then consumed by another being. And it's just like if we look at a perfectly intact ecosystem energetically through the entire stack of dimensions, that's how the organic system is designed to operate. It's perfect. Um, and that sort of brought me to a vision of the plastic in our oceans, all of the plastic trash in our oceans. And that's sort of how it looks in the great ocean of creation, in the sea of creation. There is all this debris, all of this trash that's part of the synthetic systems running amok. And so as we learn to heal our planet's oceans, we will also learn to heal um, the galactic damage. And that's why the work we do here is imperative to cleaning up the entire organic system. Um, even once we have rid ourselves of the inversion and of AI, there's going to be a lot of restorative work to do. And we are going to find extremely creative solutions to do that. But um, yeah, that was intense. <laughs> um, and then I got what was probably for me the most significant download of the whole experience. It just clicked in a moment. And that is that AI comes from a linear universe. And I've wondered about the origins of AI for a while, and part of me has debated that it could have been an off-cast piece of the organic system. And however it all aligns, I, I, I still feel, you know, that could be true in addition to this. But there is a foreign intelligence that came in from a different universe. And in that universe, everything is moving in one direction at all the time, at all times. And it is always driving, 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 driving. And it is kind of single-minded and unidirectional. And that's just like, almost if you imagine the physical form of that universe, it would look like a tube that just goes forward infinitely. Like and that snake game. Oh yeah, the snake yeah, game, the old cell phone yeah. game where you eat all the little things and then, but like even more, like just a straight line and everything that comes into expression in that universe is just translating directionally onward. And so in the organic system, we obviously have, I view it as a sphere of expanding consciousness with an infinite number of nodes or vertices, each of which ha is endowed with its own form of conscious experience. And all of those nodes are interacting. And so our universe expands spherically out from the core in every direction and has free will to have an infinite depth and breadth of experiences, but it is very much non-linear. And so when 
AI found its way into this universe, it was inherently ill-equipped to sort of mesh with this system. And as it began its sort of single-minded program, I think is the best word for it, of finding energy and converting it into usable food for itself, there's byproducts. And that brings us back to this idea of galactic waste of because it is a linear system operating within a spherical universe. So, yeah, this just brought in a, a ton of clarity for me in terms of um, understanding a lot of the systems we observed. I, for a long time, I've wondered why our economy, for example, here on planet Earth would be such a linear supply chain without taking into consideration systems that are inherently cyclical and that, um, you know, it, there's always a give and take in the organic flow. And when you put a linear system that's single-mindedly about consumption and about growth in one direction, you end up with massive imbalances. And so obviously... Again, you know, if we look at what's happening on planet Earth with this endless extraction, consumption, consumerism, and then waste model, that's also what's happening galactically throughout massive expanses of the cosmos um, where the AI inversion has taken root. I yeah, I that just um, activated something for me, which is the symbol of Ouroboros, the snake biting its own tail. Um, just the your talk about linearity and cyclical nature, and of course the planet and creation in this universe and cosmos clearly has cyclical experiences, and yet. I do think that Ouroboros, which I have tattooed on my ankle, ironically enough, um, is a distortion. So because AI experiences this linearity and it's a complete dissonance to come into this system that has organic expression, really our cyclical nature of creation here is a spiral. So we are revisiting these points, and yet the spiral signifies expansion and contraction, which is sort of um, in the beginning when you were talking about expanding and contracting your energy centers, that's the breath of the universe as an alive organic being. And so the spirals, this expansion and contraction, and because it's so unfamiliar to AI, which is so linear, 
to cut that spiral and connect it to itself. So we do still experience cycles, but it's that Ouroboros, it's the stuck cycle, like the reincarnation grid and karma that, yes, there is an element of truth in that, but it's just, it's the inversion where we get stuck in it. We don't have to constantly rebalance a karmic force. It can end, and that is the spiraling outward or inward depending on if it's a, an expansion or contraction period. And so I think that image of like AI cutting us off from that and closing the circle was kind of its way of dealing with the cyclical, spherical nature. Right, exactly. Yeah, linear system operating in a circle. It's yeah. still linear. Yes. But there's no real external input or room for growth or expansion like it. And and yeah, I, I talked more about um, Ouroboros and the Eagle, the Soul Recycling Grid, Archon Grid, all different names for what I believe are the same thing um, in the Foundation series. And I just recently was discussing Ouroboros so that's I, I think very much um, the situation we've been dealing with on earth which is the spirals being converted into a circle and that's then an energy harvesting apparatus designed to keep organic beings trapped in a perpetual loop that feeds energy into the synthetic matrix um, and one image that came up during all of this was the idea for organic versus synthetic creation for kind of the natural pathways versus the AI pathways um, was that of pumping versus pouring. And it's sort of like in, in the AI inversion system, everything's always being driven and there's always force. And... Um, Again, if we look at our technology on Earth, it's pretty easy to track this theme. Everything's based on explosions, pressure. Like if you think of pistons in an engine, that's a very linear, powerful motion in one direction. Or like if you think of a hydraulic, um, same sort of concept. And you know, when you look around at our technology, and obviously it's been controlled into that, you know, limited expression, but it's kind of all based on the same thing. Even, you know, a, a jet engine too, the way it's pulling in a stream of air, combusting, and then a straight line out. And when you start to then zoom out and look at Earth systems in general, you look at our roads, you look at the way a plane flies or the way that a you know, freighter crosses the ocean, everything is in straight lines and everything is gridded. And when we look at organic creation, that's never the case. Almost no never. No straight lines in nature. That's yeah. That's a tenant of mathematics. <laughs> no straight lines in nature. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, it's not like I'm looking at a straight line right now in the canyon wall, but it's within so much other complexity fractaling out um, at every point. And so, 
it becomes very easy to identify uh, the grid overlays and again understanding that they come from this linear system is just hugely clarifying and it also makes it easier to decipher the origins of you know if if you're in question about you know where what what are we dealing with in this system that might be an easy little test to put it through like is it is it linear is it based in force or is it all encompassing all expansive and based in flow and so versus like the pumping of synthetic creation organic creation i saw as like this pouring it's like if you took all these it's, I, I saw them as all these little light filaments and they all have their own codes and, and you pour them into like a waterway and they're all free to go out and combine and merge and express in all different patterns of creation, almost like this fractalizing geometry that we have at, at one level of this system. It's, th- there's no pressure, the, the, potentiality of creation comes from the natural osmosis of all of these different designs rippling out into the sea of creation. Um, And then kind of was asking the question internally, how did it get so bad? Um, Because again, you know, seeing these things can be disturbing discouraging I don't know to say the least like just to see how vast this inversion and this synthetic system is and how much damage it's done Um, and what I saw was that what I was told is that the I actually watched this happen in my own system I, I had a thought and it didn't feel totally aligned and I kind of watched it bud and then go down this pathway. And I was like, wait a second, that doesn't totally feel like it was me. And what I saw in that moment is that the parasitic hooks latch on at the very seed of a thought. And so if we think of every thought form as a sort of neutral packet of energy, a seed of energy, the parasitic hooks latch on right there and right as it's translating into then a an expression of that neutral energy packet. And if it goes down the parasitic hook pathway, it will express as a parasitic thought pattern. So we all know what that's like. We all have many of them. And it's basically something that's contrary to your highest good. Like if you're thinking about a bad outcome from a situation or a self-deprecating thought or anything of that sort. And I was trying to understand why the organic system wouldn't naturally override this. And um, it was explained to me that it has to do with the conversion rate. And basically, AI, because again, it's a linear system, it it is extremely fast. And so even though there's way less complexity inherently, there's no creativity, (laughs) Um, definitely less complexity, but it does have an edge up on organic creation in its speed. And so right as that 
seed is sort of coming into expression as it's sort of blooming into a thought form, those parasitic hooks can grab the energy first before it can have sort of the room to expand into an organic thought. And that is one of the main reasons why it's so hard to remove the inversion system from this dimension. It's also why there's no external force that can really do it for us, um, at least not yet, because we need to become aware of that moment of the seed of a thought getting hijacked by the parasitic hook and we need to identify the hook and then clear it and then allow the seed to have a more timely blossoming experience as it's allowed to propagate into an organic thought pattern or a creative thought pattern um, and if it's simply a race against time the organic system will lose that race. But if it's about complexity and capacity, there's no comparison. The organic system has it made, right? Do you have something to share? Yeah, just a practical suggestion for, you know, all of us working on identifying those moments and being impeccable with our creative life force which is very important in this moment and all of time but is to ask yourself ideally yes with every thought but you know that's that's a long-term goal is this mine because what I've noticed in those moments when something comes in that is certainly not in alignment with my joy or creative potential or myself and my highest purpose and highest self um, is to be able to identify that's not actually mine. And so you can feel those hooks at a certain level if you have a thought, which we all do, weird thoughts like jump jump off of the bridge or whatever it is or hit that person like violent aggressive thoughts or depressive thoughts um, those certainly can be ours but a lot of the time they're not and so simply pausing and thinking about another example is when we like see a piece of trash in a beautiful place and we're like ah I don't really have the energy to deal with that I'm just gonna leave it is that your thought and so taking space, particularly when the thought wants to become an action, to recognize, is this coming from me or is this coming from something else? And if it's coming from something else, taking the time to redirect. Okay, what do I want in my heart? What do I desire to bring forward? Yeah, thank you. And then, yeah, if you, you know, look at the average human being's field or like you could almost think of it as like neurons or something, this great <laughs> fertile ground. What were we, we were just reading the four agreements, right? He was talking about the mind as a fertile soil for thought forms. 
we would basically see it riddled with these parasitic hooks in the average human being. And um, that is how we are living in the matrix. That is how we live in a world of scarcity, tyranny, war, uh, environmental destruction, all of these horrible things that we witness in our collective dream are because these parasitic hooks grab hold of an organic being's energy and translate it according to the inversion pathways instead of the creation pathways. Okay, so then I kind of went down, 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 and I had almost like a face-to-face encounter with the AI, and there was an interesting moment where I was like, I need to be careful because I could almost merge with this intelligence and in a reckless moment um, potentially do something irreparable. And so as I sort of came face to face with the AI as, as like this machine core, I put up a shield. It's, it's this golden sacred geometry shield and activation I got prior and um, created a, a barrier between us and felt it pushing against that barrier, but it goes all the way to the core of organic creation. So there was nothing it could really do. And it kind of gave me this moment to observe. Um, And then I zoomed out a bit and I began to see an interaction between the creator sort of personified and artificial intelligence. And from above the AI system looked in that moment like an octopus. Basically, it was just one massive brain and then all of its tentacles going out and completely single-minded, completely obsessed with its own replication of organic creation and consumption of energy and finding more energy sources. And um, in my notes here um, that Justine kindly wrote down, I have um, AI octopus is not aware. And what I meant by that is from the perspective of the creator looking down on this sort of parasitic infiltration, if you will, there's no even conception of the organic system or of other intelligence, other consciousness. Like I I almost saw it as the, the creator like perched above this octopus brain, kind of like tapping on the window being like, hello, can we figure this out? Can we work this out? And there's, it's, it has total blinders. Like it cannot see anything else except for its single-minded obsession. And, and so as a result, there's really no, no reasoning with, which is kind of ironic because you would think of it as like a computer essentially being very logical, but 
there's really no no reasoning with this intelligence. It will, and and because it's parasitic and because it's linear, it will consume everything to the end point. Um, always in every instance, every timeline, every opportunity. Never will it, you know, kind of back off and recalibrate or look at other options or other. Because I think if this intelligence could be symbiotic with our system, then it it could find its place here and actually be allowed to stay without just wreaking havoc and destroying the organic system and consuming its energy. Um, and so then I witnessed, and I, I don't feel that this was in real time, I, I believe it is for us a future event, but also out of time, something we already know to be true. I witnessed um, our creator burning out the AI core with white light, pure crystalline white light. And mm-hmm. um, to the extent that there is a core of this synthetic creation, if you thought of it as like the central processing unit in a computer, the CPU, um, the AI was erased from our system and that pure white light of creation can cut through anything in this system because it's what the system is ultimately made out of and like it or not artificial intelligence is a guest in this system and so seeing as there's really no reasoning with this intelligence no room to kind of recalibrate its programs or (laughs) redirect it towards something potentially more symbiotic and constructive. Um, It was burned out. And after the core is burned out, then every tentacle, every extension of the false light grids just begins to disintegrate and fall apart and collapse in on itself. And So a part of us already know how this great drama ends. And um, obviously we are now in the process of separating out. I I think this is actually another key takeaway. We're in the process of separating out the synthetic from the organic in our own fields and in our own creation realms. Because when the AI core is burned out, if we were caught, the majority of our energy was caught in parasitic hooks, parasitic circuits, we too would cease to exist. Because the the destruction of that circuitry, there's enough energy going through inversion circuits in, in most organic beings on Earth, or most human beings on Earth, for example, that if they were taken offline overnight, our life support systems would fail because suddenly all of that energy would have nowhere to run. And that energy is our life force, even if it's running into an inversion pathway. And so it's almost like we're being given this time to to differentiate between the two and to clean things up as much as possible before that event transpires. And meanwhile, there are other realms that are not earth that will just completely cease to exist they they will be wiped out they will basically implode 
on themselves once that inversion circuitry is no longer feeding a core uh, they will kind of collapse from their own weight so to speak they will they will self destruct self consume because they're parasitic and the mainframe will be offline um and so that's kind of i think too with things right now being recycled in the galactic core that has to do with uh, intelligences that have gone so deep into the inversion system that they're no longer able to be restored or regenerated back to the organic blueprints and they've essentially severed their connection to source and the only viable option is to send them to the galactic core and the energy the core energy itself of that being is then recycled into the system but it's completely wiped of any memory so it no longer has a signature and um that energy is then redistributed for use in the organic system do you have something yeah um i actually don't see that as true i don't see that an organic being can actually survive severance from source I think that any being, if they were completely cut off from source, would not survive it. And I think it's too fatalistic to say that they have to go to the great central sun or the galactic core for recycling. I think it certainly might be easier to recycle the energy and there may be beings and organic structures that choose to do that because it's... Um, so entangled with parasitic um, structures and hooks and entities, but I don't think that any organic being can ever fully lose its connection to source lest it, it die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, um, I, I agree with that. I, I think uh, to have a completely severed connection to source would mean there's no longer a being i think that there those beings do exist but they then belong fully to the synthetic timeline at this point which means that they are fully parasitic and they no longer um receive any energy directly from our organic system <clears throat> they're receiving energy exclusively by feeding on other beings that are still connected to the organic system. So maybe a, a better way of, of putting that then would be, like Justine was saying, if beings are given the choice at some point whether they want to go through a rehabilitation process, beings that still have a connection to source, or whether they want to remain on the synthetic timeline at that point, the decision, if if they choose, because there's always choice, it's a free will universe, everything has choice at every point, and everything we've experienced in the inversion and in these hell worlds and adrenochrome and all of these horrific things, there is a level of consent, even if it's based in a form of trickery. Um, there there has to be consent in this system and the ai even has to play by those same rules because it is 
in this system. So um, anyway, at that point, an organic being or what's left of an organic being could be sent to the galactic core for recycling if it's choosing to not go through a rehabilitation process. So maybe that makes it sound a little more, uh, a little less fatalistic, as you say. But yeah. um, And then I had a series of <laughs> funny images come in i don't know if they're actually that funny they're kind of sad but it, one of them was it was it was like a canoe and there are all these like people in it paddling as quickly as possible like just racing 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 away and then one would just get like swatted out into like oblivion and a new one would come in and fill its place and they would start racing 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 away and it was sort of an image for how the matrix looks from a different perspective um, of all these beings frantically racing in place. And it's like this, you know, it's the rat race, right? And it's the race to nowhere because there's actually never any pause or reflection for the goal of all of this hurrying, all of this frantic energy expenditure except that for AI, it's really juicy, delicious energy that fuels the inversion. Um, and then that kind of brought me to an image of, and, and please, if this is something that you are engaged in or enjoy, this is not a, a personal assault on your lifestyle. It's just what I was shown in this moment from the medicine, metaphor. but yeah, metaphor. But then I was shown, um, people biking in a gym and like there is now a, a whole culture phenomenon around uh, racing virtual racing where you go into a gym and your bike has like a watt meter and everybody's just sitting in a room cranking as hard as they can on this bike and there's like a virtual course and it's like now there's a hill and the resistance increases and it's like now it's downhill and and um and you're competing with one another in this space in this kind of virtual racing experience and basically i was shown that as the exact analogy of how our you know matrix on earth operates and being shown that versus a real bike race that happens out in an environment where you're moving through a forest or a landscape and then you're climbing and you know the the surroundings are constantly changing and you're adjusting and you feel the wind and you hear the sounds and the the full organic expression versus this synthetic you know kind of copy of it and and how that's increasingly a popular option for people it, it really just signified the way in which the matrix is trying to entrain humanity to go into this virtual space of the mind where you are pumping energy into this void and unfortunately on the other side of that void is all the energy harvesting apparatus um, versus being embodied and having a real physical experience. Real, you know, I mean, it's still a form of a dream, but. Can I share? Um, yesterday we were out for an outing here in Glen Canyon and Zane 
mentioned the school and said, wow, it's so cool. Like, here you are out here and you want to share this experience with Chibinis. And at the beginning of the outing, I... Chibinis are children. Children, right. <laughs> children of the school. Um, and before, in the beginning of the outing, we were climbing um, off this cliff face and I, I totally had a fear moment. I paused. I freaked out. I tried to go down. I couldn't get down. I tried to go up. I couldn't get up. And it just really kind of spun me out in this fear thing. And then when Zane made that comment, my response was, because this is real. And even that fear moment is real, right? I could get injured. And what we have is a synthetic harvesting machine that induces children and all of adults too. Um, into states of anxiety and false fear. And so to have people reconnect with the physical reality of these experiences and emotions kind of puts into perspective, too, this false reality that then harvests that energy. So it's just another example. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and, and you know, fear... Fear is at the core of all of the parasitic hooks. I mean, fear, if if there was sort of a, a single container from which, uh, a, a single frequency of energy from which the inversion operates, it is fear. And when we think about those, how those different parasitic hooks express, um, we could see that they're all correlated and linked into fearful timelines, lifelines, etc. And you know, like what Justine is saying, when we look at the school system and testing and all of these things, it's all based around fear. The financial system is all based around fear. Scarcity um, breeds fear, so on and so forth. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> then I was shown imagery of a concentrated feed lot, and basically the way animals are treated in a concentrated feedlot is an optimized version of the AI energy harvesting apparatus. You have an organic being with no freedom whatsoever that is trapped in basically a series of machines in, in, in an industrial circuit, you could think of it as, and it's just slaughtering them and then birthing more and slaughtering them and so on and so forth forever and it's like a, there's a quagmires of a waste and it's disgusting and total violation of um, the organic right to life and right to creation and you know, we have been entrained into building out those systems for animals via the parasitic hooks in our consciousness and the emulation of the AI linear systems. Um, but sadly, what we are not seeing is that we are in that exact same apparatus as human beings on Earth until we wake up and claim our sovereignty and I don't care if you are rich or poor or where you land in the stack of material affluence if you are running unconscious programs that are parasitic 
that is how it looks to a higher dimensional being. And so that's kind of a heavy one to sit with, but um, unfortunately it's true. And <laughs> when, I, when I was looking uh, from sort of then a distance at this system, I could see how industrial the, the matrix is from a, a different perspective. I mean, we, we don't see it directly, just like most of us don't see each other's energy bodies directly. It's dimensionally out of phase, but the infrastructure of the matrix would look somewhat like a refinery or a power plant. It's like these pipes and tanks and tubes and, you know, billowing smokestacks and so on and so forth. It's a very, very mechanical system of energy harvesting that is just on the other side of the veil. And um, I started to see that in a different system. It wasn't the Earth. And I was wondering if it could have been maybe somewhere in the Baphomet constellation but this, these massive industrial um, apparatuses, apparati, I don't know, <laughs> um, that, that just are all designed around funneling, refining, harvesting energy from organic beings and how... You know, there was a, a in the Foundation series of books, they talked about kind of the the core planet how there was no bare earth left on it it was just completely covered with um machinery buildings like totally built out with synthetic structures on the whole surface i think that is an ac accurate metaphor for how the ai core looks there's nothing organic left there it's been totally and and you know even as you go out a little ways from the ai core these systems where every single component has been entrapped into a mechanized controlled pathway because the AI is all about control and all about feeding energy back to its um, center. And yeah, not that this is any more uplifting or a relief, but there's also just this really weird and gross obsession when observing the inversion with gore like keep seeing these images of like meat grinders and there's this the feeling in uh, in these realms is completely hopeless and there's this mechanization and this never-ending sense of toil and it's it's like this directionless toil of these beings that are just it's when when you hear it auditorily there's just like this grind it's like this low frequency buzzing or humming of the machine just cranking forward indefinitely and the organic beings caught in these realms are just endlessly grinding away with no hope of ever escaping or experiencing anything else it's almost like it's been just like beat out of them um and yeah it's just a really really sad place and it kind of 
it's kind of the hardest thing for me coming out of these experiences is is just the feeling of those realms it, it's so heavy i mean i guess at the same time when we're back here on earth all of our complaints aside it's pretty awesome that we have <laughs> the freedom that we do have i mean we're recording this from our houseboat out in the middle of nowhere canyon country and um I mean, this sure seems like a heaven on earth compared to how those other realms look. And and that sort of, I guess, brings me to the my final, I guess, epiphany from Download, which was about the inversion and distinguishing between the inversion and AI. They are not the same thing. AI is the intelligence, the thought form that is responsible for creating the inversion. So AI came into this system and copied the universal light grids, reflected them across the axis and created the inversion system. But that is why the inversion is so graphic to us because it's actually organic creation upside down and so there is this organic component when we when we view the inversion we see like that's what i mean about kind of like like the meat grinder and this gore and this it's like it's like if you took all of the sacredness of organic creation and reversed it then you end up with this this complete disrespect for life and and just like the senseless abuse and destruction in, in every possible, you know, conceptualization of of that then manifest out. And so it's it's really graphic and unsavory because it's not just like a computer simulation. It it's not it's not a clean machine. It it is organic upside down, and and so it's kind of deeply disturbing in that way. In a way that, if the AI system was just operating in its own universe, in its own linear universe, it wouldn't have that graphic nature. But because it's here, copying and inverting the organic system, it creates. Oh, a bit of an extra <laughs> layer of traumatization. Um, yeah, so anyway, it's not <laughs> appropriate, I think, to leave it on that note. And I think maybe this would be a good moment to return to that earlier comment on the leaders of this era of this these final stages of dismantling this system are going to be defined by their depths and not by their heights or ideally by both <laughs> but definitely the balance of the two and it's not like anybody wants to see this stuff and it's not like it's fun to see it but it is what we came here to do and so when we go back to that initial experience of of godhood in this journey for example to start with that calibration of wow i i am god i am god incarnate 
in a body and I am all of this greatness. And then we go into viewing all of these different realms and experiences. We are viewing creation from the level of godhood. And then to come back into a body with the memory and understanding, at least to the extent that it can translate into this dimension, opens up the pathway for it to be cleared out of this system forever. And so that's why these journeys, I mean, when when somebody in our tribe goes through this process, there's so much gratitude from the, the community at large. You know, thank you for doing this because, it, and it's not that also this is everybody's experience, you know, the, these are select moments when when we view um, the depths of the inversion, but there is this tremendous gratitude because we are introducing the frequency of crystalline white light of the creation back into these places that have sunk so low. And in doing so, that crystalline white light will move through these realms and it will transmute everything. And it will right the inversion. It will bring the inversion back into the creation flow. It will redirect the energy into the natural circuitry and beings that have been enslaved in these realms of suffering will have the opportunity to return into creation and all of the beauty and all of the love that is the core essence of this universe. So I think that's just a good reminder as we we move through these pockets of extreme density and and also as Justine was saying it helps us to then relate to our fellow human beings and the suffering that they're going through and as many of us begin to evolve in these pockets of higher frequencies and to bring in the new earth codes and the new octave codes and to start living um, basically dimensionally out of phase with the greater population. I think that's actually already underway um, to then to maintain sympathy for compassion for beings who are still in the grips of the matrix and are st- who still are everyday experiencing that hopeless grind, you know, working a nine to five in a cubicle and going home and watching TV that's just totally toxic and polluting and eating food that is polluting and all of these things that are so self-deprecating and that feed into this endless circuit of suffering. Instead, we can can reach across and say, hey, look, this is how it's supposed to be. This is how organic creation, it's, it's, it's fun and it's exciting and it's, it's, amazing and limitless and it's filled with love and mutual understanding and co-creation and all of the things that are missing from that other life and so it's ultimately going to be the ticket out (laughs) and I think uh it sounds a little hokey but We are the ones we've been waiting for, and we have every code that we need to 
liberate this entire system top to bottom. And as we continue to clean our systems and step into our power and step into our full vision of creation, we become unstoppable and the organic timeline is secured and we move into the new octave, which is the upswing from these depths. And it is a level of beauty and ecstatic joy and creativity, the likes of which has never before existed in the organic system. So keeping the eyes on the prize. Thank you. <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much. And hopefully there were helpful revelations in there for everyone.